Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping What If Episode 2 with spoilers and everything. And actually, we'll be spoiling all of the MCU. So, like, look, if you haven't seen, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, first of all, what are you doing here? Like, this is so deep cut that you haven't even seen that when you're watching this. But uh, if you haven't, look, just uh, either be prepared for spoilers or, uh, yeah, just run away now. Um, And if, if I were the collector, this man would be my mantelpiece. It's it's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how's it going? I'm I'm okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared to like leave my house. Are people just going to abduct me willy-nilly if I go outside, Michael? Do I have to yeah, become you, a hermit? I mean, that's uh, it I guess like like the premise of the show is there's multiple universes. So, I guess there is a universe where each of us becomes Star-Lord on our own. So, like I'm not fighting about that. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, what Star Wars Lord would you be? I feel like I'd be more like the the Peter Quill Star Lord. Like, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into like the different uh, types of Star Lord. And uh, look, uh, I don't want to spoil my takes too much, but I I I, I have a favorite. Uh, and we're here with the guest, Tommy. We haven't had a guest in a minute, and uh, so I'm really excited to bring in Todd, the librarian. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, ready to ready to talk some what if, Todd. I, I want to get like uh, I want to get like kind of your background. So I, I don't know you, right? This is like this is like my chance to get to know you as well. So uh, I'm kind of curious, like if you want to talk about like maybe uh, what you love about Marvel or or and then more specifically maybe about these TV shows that have been popping up on Disney Plus, and then like what if, like what what do you think about what do you think about all of this, everything under the I, sun, and who <laughs> wow. are you? There's a million uh, questions yeah. there. All of that. So yeah, yeah. So I'm. I go by Todd the Librarian. Uh, I am a lifelong comic book fan. Like I learned to read from comic books. My uh, my uncle was only ten years older than I am, so every time I go to visit my grandparents' house, I would dig into his comic book collection. He was a big Marvel fan, so my my introduction to comic books was this stack of like thirty or forty Marvel comic books. That he owned. He didn't have a big collection, but I reread and reread and reread these comics so many times. Uh, he still gives me a hard time because I destroyed his copy of Nova Number One whenever I was like three years old. Apparently, uh, he still gives me a hard time about that. But yeah, so I've been reading comic books for like the last forty plus years. So comic books are near and dear to my heart. And so whenever the Marvel movies came out, I was instantly a fan. Because uh, I've been wanting good comic book movies for most of my life, and then I finally got them. So yeah, I've been all in on the Marvel universe. I love uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, my favorite of the franchises. Uh, the James, James Gunn sense of humor is my sense of humor. It came out right around my birthday, the first one. I was like, this was made for me, basically. Um, so yeah. And as for what if, what ifs were some of my favorite comic books. In that stack of comic books that my uncle had, there were three or four of the original run of what if from the 70s. So it was like, what if the world knew Daredevil was blind? And what if the Fantastic Four had different superpowers? Things like that. So from a young age, between that and he also had some DC comics with the Justice Society and Justice League crossovers, the old Earth 2 crossovers and things like that. So from a young age, I was really into the multiverse. The multiverse has been one of my favorite concepts for about as long as I can remember. So What If was always one of my favorite books. Just the different possibilities, the different ways that the storylines could branch just from that one little change. So when I heard they were making a TV series of it, I was super pumped. So yeah, that's kind of my background when it comes to this stuff. Todd, Todd, it's interesting because Guardians is, if it's not my favorite, like I probably need to do like an updated list, but it, it like definitely top five for me, right? Um, and and this this might be where my issue with where uh, I don't love this episode so much is that for me, I don't think that you can improve the Guardian story. I, and I think if you do try to uh, redo it in any sort of way, it's just, it's never going to be as good. And even if it is good, it's just going to feel cheap compared to the original movie. Because I just love that movie. Like that movie's perfect to me. So um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the bad, I'm going to be the bad cop on this episode. I do have some complaints as we go, but uh, Todd, I'm curious, like, uh, are you high on this episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on the episode. I agree. It doesn't reach the heights of the Guardians movies. But again, I love the multiverse. I love being able to see like alternate versions of characters. So just seeing the alternate Nebula and how her life differentiated 
and things like that. I, I just love all of those those sort of things. And so for me, even though it doesn't reach the heights of the Guardians, I love just the exploration of how things could be slightly different. So, and I feel like this one accomplished that task a bit better than the uh, the Peggy Carter one did in a lot of ways. Tommy, I, I want to hear your take as well. I know you're probably a little bit more higher than I am. Um, what, what, what do you got? I'm space high on this. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and I think, honestly, like hearing what you said about like Guardians being high for you, I feel like that's why it wasn't as high on the Captain Carter stuff. Is like Captain America First Avengers is up there for me in movies because just I love that vibe. I love the the feeling that you get watching that movie. And uh, Captain Carter felt very similar. And I kind of liked that this was like completely different than we get with Peter Quill. Like it is, they were so differently morally that having T'Challa as Star-Lord was fascinating. Uh, I do see what you're saying. I think why I'm able to enjoy the what-ifs, because I'm hearing this from a lot of people. It's not just you. I've heard it from like three people that are like, oh, I was a little down on like the whole series as a whole. And I think people are coming in expecting a lot. And like from reading the comics and, and reading what ifs like Todd, it kind of is just fun for the sake of fun. And I think that's the kind of attitude you have to have going in. It's like some of it's not going to make sense when you really pick through it. It's like, wait, why? You can't think like that. You just got to go along with the ride. You know, I, I loved everything about Thanos being uh, being uh, turned and, and really trying to push people that, hey, guys, I'm not doing genocide. It's not genocide, I swear. Like all that stuff cracked me up all episode. Yeah, because it's random. It can't be genocide if it's random, right? Exactly, Todd. Uh, yeah, and maybe that's if we're gonna we're gonna be jumping around all over. You know, we're not we're not doing highlights and, and we're not really doing scene by scene. So I do I kind of want to stop down on Thanos here because that's an interesting argument, and I think this is might be where my issues come from, um, in the fact that it's almost like if you're gonna make these changes, and I realize it's interesting to see how it would be if things were different. But for me, it's like, I, I think that the changes have to be like specifically better. And, and I, maybe that sounds, maybe that sounds crazy. Like for me, Thanos is like the perfect villain. Like I, I put him up there with Darth Vader, right? He's, I just think he's awesome. And like, I, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's like, what if you did, what if you did a, a what if series where, where Anakin just stays a Jedi and he's good. And I don't think that's ever going to be as cool as Vader, you know? And, and for me, it just, it always, like, that kind of stuff is always going to feel like a step down. Um, and, and it's almost like, this is like a drastic approach, but it's like, okay, what if Peter Quill became a teacher instead of Star-Lord? And we'll just follow him there, you know? It's very drastic, but that's kind of what it is. It's just a step down for me. I, I agree with you, but that's kind of the point of what if is like, is you're right, like, it's like, it's, it's most of the time it's not going to hit higher than the first the first style because first of all when you know in life if you see something your first time doing anything is usually your favorite time like if you go to camp every year your first time going to camp is usually your favorite time because it's your first time experiencing it so like yes i agree with what you're saying i think what's fun about the what if is there's no stakes like there's no stakes with it so yeah like thanos uh being this like uh changed man yeah, it's way less fun than him being the Mad Titan going around being like, I'll do this myself. Like, that's awesome. But it is fun to see that. And I really liked what they did with him of not just having him as this like, uh, like almost like a whoa moment in the episode, but they kind of folded him into the theme, which I, I feel like one of the main themes of the episode was parent and child relationships. We see it with him and Nebula. We see it with T'Challa and Yandu, And we also see it with T'Challa and his actual father. And so that seemed to be uh, melded into the storyline of, of them, you know, going after the collector and all that stuff. But I actually liked the use of Thanos, even though it is different and maybe not better. It's cool to see the different creative stylings of like, what if? Yeah, I, I I hear you there. I, I can't I can't fight you, Todd. Todd, what do you think? Am I out of line here? Am I just uh, this? This is like your first impression of me. Am I being ridiculous? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd say you're out of line, but I do think part of it is your expectations of what you want to be isn't being matched with what the show is, and that's that's a valid thing. But for me, it's matching my expectations of what the what if concept is. Except there's not enough character death. If you ever read the old what if comic books. They always ended with like someone dying. It was like the most horribly depressing thing. Like every every alternate Earth, like some major character would wind up dying, 
And I've been a little surprised because two two episodes in, we haven't really had that at all. I'm sure it's coming at some point. There's going to be that zombies episode, so I'm sure there's going to be there'll be lots of deaths in the Marvel yeah. zombies episode, which I'm really looking forward to. But no, I, I'm with Tommy on this for sure. I don't think that the ultimate version has to be an improvement on the original uh, because it's not going to be an improvement on the original. But to me, it's just cool to see the the different iterations of the characters. And yeah. again, that that's the thing that I love about multiverse things. It's just going to see like those slightly different iterations on the characters. And sometimes it's major, sometimes it's minor, but uh, overall it's going to be something just a little bit different. Yeah. Like, you know, I just thought of a good metaphor for this or because uh, I agree with Todd on this of, I think, it's the expectations. It's like, let's say you've eaten mac and cheese your whole life. And then you and me, we're walking around. We go to a vegan festival. And then we have the best vegan mac and cheese. But you being someone that likes regular mac and cheese, you have no problem with mac and cheese. You're like, this is fine. Why are we trying to get something else? Why are we trying to bring this vegan mac and cheese up in here? And I think that's what it is. You're like, I already like Peter Quill. I don't need my T'Challa. I don't need them to mix that you're hitting a very sensitive spot. Uh, my wife is listening. She's vegan. This is a conversation almost on a daily basis. So uh, uh, she she'll probably she'll relate to the metaphor and my and how ridiculous I'm being. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're ridiculous. It's just because I, I like I said I've heard this from other people. So it's it, it's not just you, Michael. You are not alone. But I just happen to bring the other person that agrees with me. <laughs> so, so now uh, I know why Tommy grabbed me like five minutes before you guys started recording. Hey, Todd, do you want to record with me? Like, Tommy's like, I need backup. I need backup now. Exactly. Yeah, Tommy and I were texting a little bit. I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, All right, I need. Uh, where's the backup? Uh, I, I want to. You touched on it briefly there, Todd, but I want to revisit it uh, since we're kind of jumping everywhere and talking about characters. I want to hit on Nebula because Nebula is one that I'm going to be high on. Nebula now Nebula is actually probably my favorite character in the MCU altogether. I haven't really had a chance to talk about that on the podcast, but I could rant forever about how much I love Nebula. So you could give me like what if Nebula was a teacher and I would like love it. So uh, I was all about like Nebula was like a like a cool James Bond girl in this in this, right? Like she and she had like all the cool plans. Like she did like a she like double double crossed everybody at the end and like I was all about it. Uh Tommy, what do you think of our new, I, I, she's like human in this, right? She's got like one cybernetic eye, but she's got hair. Like I'm down with yeah. hair. She's a, she's a blonde now. Who knew? I, I don't know if I would have put money that Nebula was blonde, but yeah, I like Nebula. I like the, the, the triple, the, you know, the triple trick or whatever they call it. The, the triple heist. Like that was cool. Nebula was a fun character. I don't know if I loved her nickname for Chachala. Like they did it way too much, and I'm like, all right, I'm sick of hearing Chacha. What? Like I don't need to hear another Chacha in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was wow, uh, a lot of Chacha. Uh... Now, now I have to disagree with Tommy because I love the Chacha. The Chacha oh, was no. one of my favorite things. So, so sorry, Tommy. I, I'm turning on you. Oh no, uh, Todd. Are you are you pro uh, Nebula in this episode? Oh yeah, I'm very pro Nebula in this episode. Uh, I, again. I like the uh, her being a more know, confident version of herself, not not uh, feeling the need to prove herself, just you know owning everything. Like I said, she's kind of Bond girl. I thought it was more like definitely like a femme fatale type thing where she comes in and she just she has this plot. She's she's gotten herself in trouble. She needs help, but she's kind of pulling the strings to a certain degree. And yeah, I thought it was a great a great use of nebula in this yeah yeah and it's interesting like uh like in the story like the characters that were omitted and like how that makes sense right because based on like the relationships and how things go like there was no need for like drax or gamora to ever get involved in the storyline which i thought was cool um on the other hand, not like why was Drax in the episode, Tommy? Uh, like, <laughs> like that was my thing. Like, uh, you could have left Drax out. I mean, I was down with how they're doing it. I think because Drax is so correlated, at least in the comics, with Thanos, and I think like it's another way to show that like by this all happening by T'Challa, you know, uh, getting Thanos to to change his ways, it saved many lives. And I think Drax is our representative representative 
of like a planet instead of them just saying random planets that he saved we see directly that like oh drax's family was saved because of t'challa now being star lord yeah that's cool there's a lot and yeah i think that's that's the thing with this is like so much has like spider webbed off from that one uh the 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 character swap there and, yeah. and how much has changed and i'm interested to see more so like with the future episodes is it going to be more like this or is it going to be more like just a new character dropped in place or, or a mix of both I, I don't know but i did like i did like that this was a it was like an entirely different feel yeah we'll, we'll talk about the ending later but i do think that we may see some of those other guardians characters in the season two uh in this this version of the universe i could see like a rocket coming later down the line because I, I definitely could see them utilizing these characters uh from this specific version of this uh world in a season two episode yeah and i can see why they didn't include them in this one because it's harder to see how t'challa's changes would have affected a rocket or a group like they're they wound up with the guardians just because they were you know bounty hunting at the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time however you want to look at it but they weren't uh tightly tied into the Thanos storyline or the Ravager storyline. So yeah, they also they could have found so many... ways. Yeah, they could have found ways to have T'Challa's changes bring them in, but I think that would have been a little too much. They already were juggling a lot in the episode. They weren't like burning through plot at a insane clip like in the Peggy Carter one. They it was like a much more self-contained story. And so they at this one they didn't try to juggle too many balls at once. I think it was for the episode's benefit for sure. Yeah, and they also had so many characters to to begin with. Like they had, I'm we're talking about Nebula, but like Korath is probably my big like man. I loved fanboy Korath. He was so funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> he cracked me up, but he also was like completely different from the Korath we've seen in the other stuff. So I can see that could be like a stumbling block for people. But at the same time, it's almost that thing where, okay, a character acts this way in this movie, but he's a different way in this other movie. Kind of like Thor. Thor in like Ragnarok. Thor interacting with the Guardians is very different from the Thor who was in most yeah. of the other movies to a large extent. And going the comic book route, whenever you have a character in a Deadpool comic, they're going to be acting as slightly differently than they are in the Avengers or in whatever. So having Korath being slightly different because he's suddenly more prominent in a Guardians movie uh, didn't bother me a whole lot, largely because he was as entertaining as he was. And again, it, it's Korath. Uh, Korath is probably not anyone's favorite character in the Marvel Universe. So there's probably not new, too many people are going to be too up in arms over Korath suddenly being the biggest fanboy of Star-Lord. But yeah, Well, this is what... I, I might be I might be out of line here, and, and maybe I'd like to hear from the audience that, that might have a better read on this. Um, but I, I find it interesting that... Uh, Korath becomes more open and excited around another black man, right? Uh, like, I think he looks up to him in that way. Um, I don't know what the, like, I, I know Korath is an, an earthling, right? So I don't know what race relations are like in outer space, but um, he seems more comfortable around him. And I, I thought that was an added touch. And yeah. maybe it was intentional, but that's what I got out of it. Yeah. And, and I, I also like that it, I agree with you on that. And also, I do like that it all came from the bit of like, all the way back in Guardians when it was like, I'm Star-Lord, who? And like the fact that they took that one thing, changed it to, no, in this timeline, people do know who Star-Lord is. And I think that's like the one nugget they probably thought of in the story room. And we're like, okay, how will this change? Like, would Korath, if he knows him, is he like a fan? Is he like, is it a bigger deal? Like I, that to me, again, it's like, they did that a little bit in Carter is like the play on words. I've really liked like in Carter, it was the, uh, instead of the, I can do this all day. It's like, Hey, we don't have all day. So I really like the twist with, instead of saying like, you know, I don't know who you are. Star Lord is like, no, I do know you are. And I'm a huge fan. Can, can I join you instead? Yeah. Let's let's, I want to talk to, I want to dive deeper into, uh, to Chalib in this episode. Um, obviously we, we get this beautiful, uh, uh, the, the episode is dedicated to him. We get a nice little, some words at the end there. Um, so it, it was a lot of fun to see this. You know, I think, I think Chadwick Boseman really liked the role of, of T'Challa. And I think he was proud to do, to step in here. Right. Um, so I, I, I really did enjoy that. Um, again, this might be like where I have some issues where it's kind of like, is this better? 
Like, I, I feel like I might like more of the swashbuckling Peter Quill Star-Lord than, like, the human- humanitarian, kind uh, T'Challa Star-Lord. Uh, like, I-, I don't know if that was as fun for me. What, do, do you feel that, Todd, or no? I think I think that the, uh, the, the Peter Quill version is probably a more fun version. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely would agree there i think this version does what it's meant to do i guess it it shows uh, again you know just uh, how a different personality can can shape events so yeah he's maybe not as as fun and out there as as peter quill is but he's also you know he's still pretty fun he's still uh, a fairly quippy version of t'challa which I, I enjoyed getting to see him do, do some banter back and forth with everyone. So, yeah. And I think my thing too is like, I don't know if it is a better or worse thing. I think it's just different. Cause like, I, I guess for me, it's like as much as he's called Star-Lord, I don't see T'Challa as Star-Lord. I see him as his own, he's T'Challa. And like, even this whole story, like it's, it's pushed as a guardian story. To me, this whole thing is the story of, of T'Challa and like the story of, him and his family like that's the focus the guardians is there as like fluff and like that's the the setting and all this you know the but like to me the the focus and the way he plays it just further cements um t'challa and like no matter where he's from he's still going to have those core values that he he was uh raised by and i think that was fascinating for me and like too like it's has a different context when you think of the fact that Chadwick Boseman has passed away. Like the whole thing is about him being like at the end where he's like, I was lost. Like, like, it's like, how can you like, you know, like to me, it has a whole different meaning when you think of it in the light of like, if you focus on it being a T'Challa story and not a guardian star Wars or star Wars star, uh, star Lord story. And I maybe that's why I have a different feeling. It's like, I've only seen it strictly like through his lens, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people are probably going to get very annoyed that I, but that, and I think this is. I think this is the the thing for me. So you're not like, even that hard on him, Michael. You're being you're being, you're the perfect amount. <laughs> well, here here's I think I think this is where it comes from for me, where where I feel the need to like constantly compare, right? Because aside from you guys, I'm not a big comics guy. I've read some stuff here and there, but I didn't grow up with it, so I'm not used to like seeing the different iterations already from from page to screen, right? So I, I'm not used to that like transition. So for me, all these char- all these characters that I know are the MCU, right? So when I see that they get slightly altered, I'm like, now I'm now I'm like the the grumpy comic book fan. It's like, how dare you alter my my favorite characters? That's what it is. And maybe that is what it is because like there's so I remember there's a new Guardians that came out and they made uh it, it came out as in like I think it was like 2011 2012, but they made Drax a pacifist, and I remember being like. I don't know how I feel about that. That, that. Drax's whole persona is the fact that he's the destroyer. And I'm like, but it's, so like, maybe that is, we're just used to the comics always changing things on us and us getting frustrated with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely been there. I've definitely gone to see comic book movies and gone, what did they do to my favorite character? What did they do to my favorite storyline? So I can definitely see it from that, that perspective. Uh, but again, also, like I said, been reading comic books for my whole life and like 40 plus years of comic books and i've seen lots of iterations of these characters over the years as new writers and new eras come in and so seeing the versions change i'm used to it and sometimes i love it sometimes i hate it but uh this is a case where basically if it's a one-off it's a lot easier for me to just go okay it's a one-off story it's not going to be the permanent change we're not gonna have to we're never going to it's not like we're never going to see the Peter Quill Star Lord again. It's not like we're never going to have a uh, like the baddest versions of some of these characters again. You know, it's just it's a an interesting diversion to kind of give you uh, some insight into how one little change can affect greater things, and it's a neat way to examine a character from a slightly different perspective because it is like T'Challa is still T'Challa. He's a slightly different T'Challa in some ways because he doesn't have the burden of being the king of a nation and he doesn't have that burden on him. So he's a little bit freer and a little bit lighter than he is a lot of time in the, in the Marvel movies because he doesn't have that same burden, but he's still the good guy who's trying to 
make things better. He's trying to improve other people's lives. And I don't know if you saw, there was an interview recent after this episode came out, around the time the episode came out, talking about how this episode of What If was going to influence how T'Challa was in Black Panther 2. Like Chadwick Boseman's like, I really like this version of T'Challa. I'd like to get some of this energy into the next film. And it was going to kind of uh, direct a little bit. And I think that would have fit a bit because in Black Panther 2, he was like, has like, had fully become the king and kind of put all of the stuff behind him and finally like embraced the mantle and probably could be a little bit freer than he had been in the previous two films where he was struggling with everything with his father's death and the, the burdens and everything. So I think it's really interesting that this, this show, which had a completely different version of T'Challa was going to kind of inform the way that T'Challa went if we hadn't had the unfortunate passing of, of Bozeman. But yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of the strength of the, the what if and the multiple, uh, the multiverse type stories for me is just that slightly different lens just, and it's not probably not better might be worse, but it is a way to take those characters. You see, put them in a slightly different situation and see, okay, how does this different situation affect who they are? Does the true them shine through and what is the true them? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I've, I've really love about the, the multiverse type of story. Yeah. And I think too, like going off that, like, T'Challa, to me, this is the same T'Challa in the way that, like, this is the same T'Challa that uh, gave the technology to different countries that wanted to open up Wakanda, not keep it caged in. And I think that's, like, what we see here is, like, he's not caged. You know, he wanted to go explore the world. And this is that version where it's, like, he got the chance to go out and see everything and, and see more than the world, see space and all that. And still he wanted to give and help others and, you know... Be, you know, he went to a place where easily you could have seen him become or any other person become a Ravenger and, and join their motto and join their cause. Instead, he said, no, join my cause. Like you, you brought me. Now I'm going to change all your minds and we're going to do something differently. Uh, I like that version. I'm, I'm saddened to know that we could have gotten more of that, that kind of free spirited version of T'Challa. I think that would have been fun to see in the in the universe that we know. Yeah, Todd, Todd, I think you just provided uh, probably the best piece of analysis that I've heard about the show. Uh, because for me, it is a bit of a stumbling block for me. Like, uh, does any of this really matter type deal? But you're right. It, it has to do, these are still the same characters, right? And it's almost like you're almost poking them and testing them. And it's, it's like a rat in a maze. Like, what would happen if I did this? You know, and it's like, well, how would this character react? And I think that will help inform things that they do in the future so uh yeah that kind of opened my eyes a little bit so thank you for that todd um now now i'll move on i want to move on to something a bit more positive from my perspective something i really loved from this episode and this is one of those things like uh this is uh for me is like I, I didn't really care for the the mcu uh portrayal of the collector so the fact that they made him like the big bad here and like totally like they showed a lot more of like what he's capable of like uh, I was completely sold on this being the villain. And I think this was probably what is better than the first episode is it had a more coherent like storyline and a more coherent villain and had, had somebody that we could root against. So uh, I was all about the collector and this. Tommy, what would you think about uh, this iteration of the collector? Loved it. And I, lo I think you hit it. Like, I think why I liked this better than Carter is Carter was kind of just a montage the whole time. This like had a, a story and I liked that it like, made sense to a degree like it's like yeah you know step down so there's a new kingpin it kind of felt like that spider-man universe where it's like always they always talk about that as like one person steps down and then another villain's gonna swoop in and take over in new york and that's kind of what it was like in space and they got the black order back in there that was cool i loved his collection like how many easter eggs were in that collection like everything was there and like that, that was cool that was cool uh yeah i can't say enough i i like the collector in guardians like the idea of it i don't know if i love the way it was portrayed just like you, but I love the idea of this guy who uh, collects just Easter eggs, which I, I think that's why I love what if it's like, I'm a big Easter egg nostalgic guy. Like true stories will always get me. Cause I love like things that I can, I can feel, you know, and the Easter eggs and the references to the real life stuff. So like, I like when it's referencing these Marvel stuff that we've grown up with uh, Captain America's shield. What happened to him? Mir, Mir, where's what happened? I'm, I have so many questions. 
yeah, that opens up like a whole new like bunch of questions in this what if universe. It's like that's kind of dark. Like, did he like kill the Avengers? Like, Lord, uh, I don't know. That's uh... and he snuck into their houses, like dee, 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 like a little tooth fairy. He snuck in, stole their shield, but then tells people he killed. Cap- oh, I killed Captain America, but really he just stole the shield. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we don't even know if there are Avengers because if Thanos uh, stopped his uh, evil ways, there was no real reason for like the Loki to come to Earth and the Tesseract and the Battle of New York. None of that probably happened. So who knows how T'Challa being out there has changed so much. Yeah. And we got uh, yeah. Howard the Duck at the oh. collector's place. <laughs> yes, I was I was happy to get a little bit more time with Howard. Get a... Uh, I think Seth Green, I think, does the voice of Howard, and to have him get to do a, a little bit more voice work with Howard was a was a nice nice moment. But yeah, I, I also uh, I really enjoyed this version of the Collector. I wasn't a, I love Guardians, but yes, the Collector is not my favorite part of of it. But this this version was a really interesting interesting way to to have the villain and he was a a lot a lot more of a threat than i thought it was going to be whenever they were talking about oh the collector you don't want to mess with him i'm like yeah we've seen that guy uh, are you sure he's gonna be that i mean in the comics he's like this cosmic level being but on here on the movies he's just this guy who collects things but they did a good job of kind of showing oh yeah no he he can be a menace he has leveled up and filled the power vacuum and now he's leveled up and he actually is someone who can be dangerous so yeah i thought that was a, a cool touch yeah it's almost like uh he, he couldn't be successful because he didn't have like the proper artifacts right I, I feel like uh once you start that ball rolling of once he gets one thing and then he gets another and next thing you know he has he has thor's hammer and he's like you know like i i could see where like that that totally works and how he can grow more powerful if he goes down that right path well, was he jacked from Super Soldier Serum? That's my theory. Is he was like jacked because he stole a Super Soldier Serum, maybe? Uh, and then you cut off poor Korg's arm, right? Like that's Korg's arm. How's he supposed to play video games now? Noob, <laughs> now, noob, whatever his name is, is gonna win all the games. Oh my god! That was like one of the darkest things that I've seen. This, I'm like, like that was so like, I'm like, what the heck? Like, there's his arm, and he's using yeah. it. And that's the thing, like, this is, like, there's, like, those dark and silly, it almost hits every emotional beat. Like, there's some really sad moments, like, when T'Challa finds the Wakandan uh, spacecraft. Like, that, to me, was a very, like, oh, shoot. It was, like, a museum artifact, almost. Like, that was interesting to me. And, like, it did go all over the place. It's silly. It's it's dark. Poor Korg, his arm. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh... Did you have anything else from like this? I, I just thought like this whole final scene. And I think what I really like about like the animation style on this is really interesting. I, I don't know how much it works like just universally, but when it comes down to like these really cool action set pieces, I think that's what really makes it. And like that scene where they're like fighting and he's like, he's like pushing back all his different like showcases and like, it's got the different colors. I just thought it was like a completely beautiful spectacle of like a, a fight scene. So I was all about that. Yeah, I think my my favorite thing in the first episode was the aerial battle sequence. That was like by far the best part of the first episode. Just an amazing action sequence, and I agree. I I go back and forth on this animation style. It's 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 growing on me. I wasn't super into it at first, but it's starting to grow on me. But I think that it has really done well for the action scene. Just that last shot of T'Challa like rocket booting into the collector's face and knocking him into the, uh, the the case. It's just this kind of freeze frame almost on it, this really stylized shot of it, which is just beautiful. So yeah, I think that they've done a really good job of making the action sequences unique and visually interesting. And that's been a big boon for the series for me as well. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, anything else from this uh, this climax here? Yeah, I mean, we get into it a little bit later too, but it's kind of throughout the episode. I guess I want to touch down a little bit on Yandu and T'Challa's relationship. Compare, you know, we can even compare it to Peter and Yandu, but also like just in general how we felt about it in the episode. For me, I liked it. I think it's hard to compete with Peter and Yandu because like that, like he may have been your father, but I'm your, I'm your daddy. Like that's such an iconic line to get to try to to do another dad and and kid relationship. But it definitely was fun, like that that 
keep the deadline that kept going of like ra- ravagers don't uh don't do things solo whatever it was you know where it's like we're always a team like that was fun and i really liked the use of yondu i think in this in this episode as a character that's also dead in the marvel so like we don't see we're not going to see him again like this is probably the last yondu too was that Michael Rooker reprising his role there? Uh, yes. It sounded uh, very good What if it was. Yeah, almost. Uh, I was looking it up earlier and almost every character was voiced by the original voice actors. I think Drax was practically the only person. I'm not sure about the collector. I'd have to double check on that. But I know the majority of the cast was definitely the original voice actors for. Collector was everyone. collector was the same. Oh, Benicio del Toro, I believe, plays the collector. So that's yeah, that is cool. Benicio, yeah. Uh, of what's course, just, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and of course, Sean Gunn did did a. Uh, uh, I never can remember his character's name. I just think of him as as, as Sean Gunn. But yeah, yeah that'd be seeing me too. Craglin. <laughs> Craglin. I knew it started with the K, but I couldn't. I was I kept thinking Korg because I feel I feel bad for Korg. But <laughs> Korg, Korg. Yeah, no, I mentioned this in our last podcast, but Dave Bautista had like a sassy tweet about how he wasn't even invited to reprise his role here. So that's kind of it's kind of sad. I don't know. It's probably because yeah. it was so short. They're like, listen, like sure. it's like one line. Do we need to really get Dave in here? Yeah, like how much are we gonna pay you to like? Uh, but I don't know. It kind of seemed like he was so passionate about it that he would have yeah. done it for free. I don't know. But, well, he yeah. did it with Sebastian Stan. He had like one line and they brought him probably because he's probably already working on Captain America, America and the Winter Soldier. They were like, all right, we'll just yeah, you're in the studio. Yeah. Oh. oh, he had more lines than that. He he butchered several jokes in that. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. Oh, no. Um, well, there, I guess there's one other thing worth talking about here, which is kind of interesting. We see Ego at the end go and find uh, Dairy Queen Peter Quill like that was kind of like a cool post-credit sequence, I guess. Uh, I liked it because, first of all, it's like I definitely when you're watching it, you're like, "What happened to Peter?" Then, and I think it's interesting in a couple lights. First of all, like you get this universe where T'Challa is doing all this good in the world, and you're like, "Wow, this should be the main universe. This is great. This should have been the outcome." And it's like the idea that, like, well, if this all happens destruction could happen like yeah this is great but if for not you know if the universe blows up then it's not great that t'challa was was star lord so i think that's interesting the other part of it which we can touch on more is like are we gonna find out the story of peter and ego in season two or is this like where the end of like because i will say i've heard it back and forth what makes me feel like it's gonna be in season two is and i'm putting a lot of weight on this word the narrator the watcher said might lead to the end of the world not that it would end so he didn't like end that story he's just saying hey this is another story that will like push it down the line and we don't know the end we don't know if it leads to the destruction of the world because he said might so that's why i think they may explore that more yeah he he said too bad this might spell the end of the world but that's a story for another day which i think and that even more the that's the story another day is what i lean on more the fact that okay this is a story that we could tell later and i know i've read things that they do want to revisit some of these timelines if they do a second season i know there's definitely plans to revisit the uh the captain carter in the second season uh but this seems like the a, a prime a prime thing to mine and just to see you know what happens whenever a completely earthbound Peter suddenly meets his long lost dad and doesn't have the, the guardians around as his found family, but who knows what sort of family he's found on earth. You know, there's could be lots of ways that that storyline could go. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily jazzed to see that story play out, uh, but I'm open to it. So Todd, I want to get you, I brought this up in the last episode, Tommy, I know it's a, it might be like uh this kind of crosses the barrier of like pulling in, like I'm like relying on the trailers a lot for my predictions here. Um, but Todd, I, I, I I'm, I'm going to just say it. I think all these episodes are intertwined. I, I think this is one timeline. Am I cre- Like, do you, could you buy into that? Interesting. I thought had never crossed my mind that they're intertwined in one timeline just because that's generally not the nature of the what if stories. Usually the what ifs is each one is its own 
separate world and it's predicated on this one small thing happens and it sets off all of these ripples. So it's possible, but I doubt it. If for no other reason, then we are going to have like the Marvel zombies episode. And I feel like that would be a hard thing to come back from because there's at least one other episode after that. So I, that would be the thing that I would be leaning on in terms of it's, it would be strange if this is all leading up to all of them becoming zombies. Uh, so that would probably be my initial argument against that outside of the fact that what if is typically predicated on each, each story is its own self-contained thing for the most part. And even the what if comics did do a few sequel episodes issues here and there where they went back to a story that they'd done before, but not a lot, but they typically were just completely self-contained one-off stories so i would lean more towards the self-contained one-off episodes or lots of branching timelines which i think fits in better with the whole end of loki and the branches of the multiverse and everything i think it would feel a little cheap to have this is the promise of the multiverse and then it's all just one timeline now i could still see things starting to interconnect a little bit I can still see something happen where characters from these different timelines all come together at some point. So I can see it be interconnected in that sort of way. But I really personally, I don't think that it's all one big timeline. Real quick, Tommy, I know you want to say something, but I just like, because I feel like I'm leaving people on their toes and I don't want to say anything that will spoil anybody. But if you're curious about what I'm thinking, just go watch the trailer and you'll have some of the same questions I do. Uh, Tommy, what do you got? Uh, My only debunk. Having not seen the trailer, so I don't know. I can't, it's hard to argue because I don't know what what the the evidence is. But uh, was the shield? Correct me if I'm wrong. The shield and collector's uh, office wasn't that the regular Captain America shield, not the Captain Carter shield. That's that's the issue. And there are other things in the trailer that, uh, for instance, uh, again, I, I, I'm tiptoeing around it, but it's in the trailer. So you can you can talk about. I, I don't like to watch the trailer, but yeah. you can talk about. Uh, Captain America is shown as a zombie in the trailer. So uh, in that universe, certainly uh, is completely different from the Peggy Carter universe. Um, but that's it. That's all I'm going to say. We'll just drop this and we'll see where it goes. Um, but uh, I think, I just think, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool if, uh, if that's the case, like I, I'm all for things intertwining and every, like, I love that stuff for, you know, things coming together. I would love that. So I'm I'm team for that. I just the Captain uh, Shield, the Captain America Shield was the one thing I was thinking because I remember that conversation. I was like, oh, I don't know if that would work if the shield was different, unless there's two shields. Yeah, and there's also a possibility that like maybe some of the episodes, like maybe we do. For instance, another thing that's like leading to my theory is Gamora is shown in the trailer. It seems like there might be a Gamora centric episode. Gamora was not in this episode, which leads me to believe she might go on her own path to lead her to something else that uh, that that would be parallel to this or or be in this timeline. Maybe maybe I'm out of line. Maybe they just want to have Gamora so they have an entire what if about her. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, I could see that though, like where it's like they couldn't focus on Gamora in this episode they wanted to, so they're going to keep it being in this universe for those two episodes possibly. I don't know if every episode is combined, but I could definitely see like, Oh, this is these two are connected. These two are connected. I I could see that. All right. Uh, I know we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. I know we're trying to keep this one at an hour um, because I want to talk about some recommendations. Um, uh, Tommy, do you do you want to go first here? Do you have one prepared for? Yeah, us? Yeah, I can't remember if I briefly mentioned it during the Suicide Squad. Uh, recommendation. I might have. But because I watched Suicide Squad, I started getting into a, a different TV show. I've gotten into and finished already, and waiting for season three of the animated Harley Quinn TV show. I can't endorse this enough. I loved it. If you love like the Suicide Squad and the gore that's in there, it's not to you know James Gunn level, but like you'll you'll like the animated Harley Quinn show. It's so fun. King Shark's in it, you know. It's very different version, but it's a very fun podcast with a really good voice cast and really cool storylines that they're uh, diving into over there. So cannot recommend it. It's an HBO Max. You can watch it. So is the Harley Quinn show the What If series of Suicide Squad? 
maybe it's his, it's his own entity. It kind of is because like there's some things they've done. I'm like, oh, you really changed the universe. You must be your own thing because there's some things they do that I'm like, oh, that's big. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a recommendation here. Um, the, the season is over now, so it's kind of late, but I think it's a good time. If you haven't watched this, I, I, I watched it week to week, but I think that might be even better on a binge. I think it's, uh, I think, I think, uh, Invincible is my favorite show of the year total, but this one is a close second. It's the white Lotus on HBO. Um, this show is absolutely incredible directed by Mike White. So our survivor friends out there might have some connection to it as well. There's some funny Easter eggs in there you might catch. But basically what it is, it's about a bunch of privileged white people going to a resort. And they're all, you hate them all. Like there's not one that's that's completely redeemable. Um, so if you go in, you're like, like, I don't like any of these people. That's kind of the point. And it's kind of like watching their pathetic lives fall apart. And uh, it's a very fascinating show. If you're looking for like, for me, it was like, there hasn't been like an HBO show that I can like watch on Sunday night. Like they used to be like my thing. There used to always be something on Sunday night and there hasn't been really anything that I was like, like really loving, but the white Lotus is it. And I think it's going to make for a great binge. It's only six episodes. So um, look, if you're looking for just like a, a good, it's like a dark comedy. So if, if that sounds like it's up your alley, definitely go watch it. Uh, one of the best shows of the year by far. So um, Todd, do you have a recommendation for us? Oh my goodness! I guess uh, what I'll recommend is a a slightly lighter uh, superhero TV series, which just started its second season last week. Uh, it's Star Girl. It's I, I mentioned earlier. I'm a big fan of the Justice Society comics from the DC back whenever the DC used to have Justice Society as like a completely different Earth from the Justice League. That was some of my favorite stories as a kid. And this is kind of that same thing. So it's a story about a girl who finds this super-powered object and she thinks that she's the daughter of this uh, superhero and she decides that she's going to start trying to reclaim the legacy of the Justice Society who all disappeared like 15, 20 years, uh, or I guess like 15 years earlier, something like that. So it's, uh, again, it's, it's on the CW. It used to be on uh, DC Universe. Never DC Universe still had TV shows before it became just a completely comic book platform. But it's on the CW now. But it's it's just fun. It's a bunch of kids uh, trying to live up to these superhero legacies. And this last episode, they introduced the Green Lantern's daughter, Jade, who is a big character in the comic books. Uh, they've introduced one of my favorite villains from the comic books, the Shade, who's like a really big character in the Starman comic books by James Robinson. And it looks like it's going to be really close to James Robinson's version of the Shade, which I'm super excited about. And a big villain of this season is Eclipso, which is basically this god of evil that corrupts people and then devours them. And there, it looks like they're really leaning hard into the horror aspect of Eclipso, which I was surprised and happy about because I am a lifelong horror fan. And on top of being a lifelong comic book fan, I'm a lifelong horror fan. So the fact that they're leaning into the horror tropes for this show that's pretty light and fluffy in a lot of ways. But this last episode, there were a couple of things like, oh, wow, they're going full creepy. I like it. I like it. So I guess that, that'll be my recommendation. It's, it's, not the best, it's not the best superhero show around, but it's fun. So there you have it. Stargirl. I like it. Um... Well, Todd, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. This was like uh, it was a total blind item for me, but like you really delivered. So I really appreciate it. I want to give you a moment if there's like anything you want to plug again. Like, I, what do you do, Todd? Uh, like, uh, fill me in. Tell, tell the audience. Where can they find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. Uh up until now, I don't have much of an online presence. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Tommy and I both participated in a 40-hour Dungeons & Dragons marathon. So if you go to twitch, twitch.tv slash dmphilly, it's still up there. You can go, and I'm in the very first session, and Tommy's in like a couple of middle sessions because so he's sleepy. a madman and was up <laughs> like like all night long playing DD in costume as well so if you go and find that you can you can see tommy dressed in two different costumes one costume while he was dming and one costume while he was playing you can really see the madness like if you watch you can see me slowly like i'm like closer to the camera like i'm out like i'm like so tired by like three four o'clock in the morning yeah but but other than that 
now with another one of our friends who participated in that uh, Dungeons Dragons marathon, uh, Adam H., who's been on your show a couple of times, I believe. Uh, Adam H. and I, another friend of ours, uh, TV Lindy, are starting a new podcast. And so it should be dropping pretty soon. Uh, it's called One Indescribable Podcast, and it's about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So Adam, TV, Lindy, and I were going episode by episode through Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, ranking every song on a scale of one to five pretzels, and also telling each episode which character makes us uh, truly happy. And I also come up with the game each episode, which I'm not quite sure how I found myself in that role, but I've been having lots of fun coming with games to torture Adam and Lindy as they fight with each other over who is the, the best at meaningless trivia so one indescribable podcast it's actually i think the first episode is available on spotify right now but it hasn't quite populated to the other podcatchers yet but we hope to have that soon and we'll start publicizing a lot more whenever we have it available other places but we do have a twitter account it's uh, at one cxg podcast that's o-n-e c-x-g podcast Right now, it's not really showing up in searches. We're not quite sure what's going on with that. But if you just type in twitter.com slash 16 podcast, you can uh, find it and follow us. And uh, hopefully, if you're a fan of musicals and dark comedy and just a great, great show, uh, we will do it justice. We're going to have fun listening to us. Awesome. Well, Todd, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to close this out here with a couple thank yous. I want to give a big thank you to Aaron Robertson, who does our music to start us off here, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars. Um, look, if, uh, how about this? Next five star we get, whatever you write, if you give us five star, you can write anything in that review box. I'll read it on the show. So next week, I'll, I'll just, whatever it is, maybe it's multiple, I'll do it. Uh, I don't like to commit to that because you never know. Like, uh, But I, just like a, a, a limit time offer. Will you, re- <laughs> will you read it in character of whatever Marvel character they want you to read it? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, what if, yeah, it's like, it's almost like a cameo. Like, uh, you know, if you want yeah. like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do like a whole, what if like segment or of like me and like, what if, what if Tommy is Michael and Michael's Tommy? I don't know. We'll do something. Um, just request it. Give us five star review. We're, we're sluts for that kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> Whoa. Please, please subscribe. Tell a friend. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Star Wars Pod, and ask us for a Discord link. We got a little community going, and uh, we'd love to have you there and chat. So um, that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.